0: parish. And uh, just a brief introduction to Father Thomas uh, Celso. I met Father Celso at a funeral at St. Louis, where I was asked to give a homily for for the deceased. And during that time, there were no vaccine, we were in the midst of COVID, and uh, I tried to get to know about him, uh, and I learned that he's also a diocesan priest. But found himself uh, working for the cause of Luisa Picaretta. and uh When we spoke, I was amazed how enthusiastic of a person he is. And he was saying, like, something beautiful is coming. We just have to wait. God is in control. And I was saying to myself, the parishioners need to hear this. (laughs) So uh, I had him in mind uh, to be invited for our parish retreat. And uh, thanks be to God, everything worked out well. Uh, schedule coincided and uh, now he's here. He was very kind uh, to lend me or give me four books. The first one that I just finished uh, browsing is The Hours of the Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ and this is available in the in the alcove for purchase. I was reading on it and two things struck me about Jesus. His love, And innocence I always thought of Jesus as loving there's no question to that but this time the innocence came out and I saw that his love become more intense because of his innocence and at the same time the innocence is there and Jesus cannot not be innocent because his heart is just full of love for us Uh, So today, I pray that our parish may see the beauty that is coming, that is part of the will of God. And uh, we are asking Louisa to pray for us as we enter this retreat. And uh, I will just read two excerpts from this other book that I've begun reading. And this also may be a short introduction to Louisa. This petite woman from southern Italy, who experienced succession of various epidemics, two wars, and who dried many tears, shed because of the difficult living conditions of the people around her, transformed her entire heart into a dwelling place for God alone. We need this in our time. Those who met her felt drawn to the truth of heaven and compelled to live a life of holiness. A life spent entirely engaged in ordinary, everyday activities modeled after the family of Nazareth. And it is precisely in the everyday that God's mercy seeks out humanity to restore to them the innocence of Eden, to a life filled with joy, and to an existence guided by the certainty of being God's beloved children. I will be in the confessional for those who wish to receive the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, let us welcome Father Thomas Salso.
1: So we'll begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the holy spirit amen glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen our lady queen of all saints pray for us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen so i'm going to help you meet this beautiful soul Luisa Picaretta. Luisa did not eat, drink, or sleep for 64 years. And uh, she knew Padre Pio, and Padre Pio knew her. And uh, Padre Pio said about Luisa, Luisa was more of heaven than of earth. And the priest next to her is uh, St. Honorable de Francia. He's the head of the Rogationists. And uh, he said the same thing. He was her spiritual director. He was also Melanie's spiritual director of La Salat. Uh, our Lord and Our Lady helped him understand uh, the language of heaven. So when Louisa, um, when Jesus started talking to Louisa, uh, and he started talking to her as a little child, he had great plans for her. And uh, Luisa was always part of the church. She was never separated from the church. Uh, every, the, the, the one bishop, one bishop didn't like her. And uh, the bishop said, nobody can talk to Louisa. And what happened at that point was he had a stroke. And uh, for two weeks, uh, he was just crippled up in bed. And then one day he said, uh, Let's go and uh, see Louisa. So he went to see Luisa, and what happened at that point was very, very interesting. He walks into Louisa's bedroom, and Luisa says, he, she goes, Your Excellency, give me your blessing. And he raised the arm that was paralyzed, and his stroke was gone. So what he said after that was, anybody who wants to see Louisa can go see Luisa." So it was, uh, Louisa was um, a, a great saint. Um, when this book here, uh, this is what we're going to read from, The Hours of the Passion, The 24 Hours of the Passion, we gave this book to um, Mel Gibson, and he took some parts of it that are only found uh, that were uh, written by Louisa, uh, and he used it in his movie. But The 24 Hours of the Passion, Father Enibelé was good friends with uh, St. Uh, Pius X. And what happened at that point was St. Pius X said, uh, as St. As Annabel said, listen to what Louis, listen to what Jesus taught Louisa. So he's reading it to the, the Holy Father. The Holy Father said, stop. We must get on our knees because Jesus is speaking to us. And that's, that's how this book has been ever since. It's, it's a powerful book. It's a, uh, an amazing book. Uh, Jesus took Louisa out of time and space. You'll, you'll, you'll learn about this uh, with Louisa. Uh, we are trapped in time. We are trapped in space. Uh, and that's not where we're supposed to be. If you know anything about Our Lady of Revelation, Our Lady of Revelation, she's an approved, it's approved apparition in Rome, Italy uh, in 1947. And Our Lady of Revelation said to Bruno, this man who was gonna kill the Pope, she said to him, time has now come to an end. Now, what does that mean? He goes, the end of the world? And she goes, no, it's the end of this era A new era, a glorious era, is coming. Now that's what Jesus taught Louisa. Jesus taught Louisa that what is coming for mankind is the fulfillment of the Our Father. We pray, may your kingdom come on earth exactly the way it's in heaven. And that's what's coming. The 2,000 years of praying has come to an end. It's not the end of the world. This is why everything's falling apart. This is why in the church, the church has to be purified. Our nation has to be purified. The world has to be purified. Jesus says this, the kingdom is so magnificent that we're not worthy of it at this point. So what's happening in the world, what's happening in our families, what's happening with our friends and our neighbors, our coworkers and our parishioners is God is purifying everyone and everything. He's getting us ready for this new era that's coming. It's a glorious era. It's what we were created for. Jesus tells Louisa, when he breathed into the dust, he breathed into the dust and out of the dust came the image and likeness of God. That's us. But when Adam sinned, we lost that beauty. We lost that perfection. We lost that abundant life that our God had planned for us. So what happens is Jesus comes to earth as the new Adam. Mary comes to earth as the new Eve. And what happens at that point? They bring back to the earth the universal life that Adam lost, the Catholic life that Adam lost. And so what's coming is a new beginning for all mankind. The 2,000 years of praying, Jesus tells Louisa, is now, now the era, now the new era is here. And for some people, it's already begun. So what Jesus teaches Louisa is to be free of worry, fear, anxiety, complaints, negativity, and sin. When you think about that, that's where we all are. We're worried, we're fearful, we're anxious, we're complaining, we're negative, we're sinning. So what Jesus tells Louisa is, I'm going to teach you a new way of living. It's the way Jesus lived. It's the way Mary lived. It's the way Adam lived before the fall in God's image and likeness. That's what's coming. So what's happening in the church and in the world, uh, everything seems to be falling apart, but it's not. God's putting everything together. He's sifting the the wheat, if you want to say. What he's doing, he's getting everyone ready for the new era that's close. If you know about Father Gobi, Father Gobi, Our Lady, speaks to her beloved priests. In 1997, Our Lady said to Father Gobi, everything is complete. How can everything be complete? How can it be? It's with all this going on. How can this be complete? This is what she says. She says that a new era is also coming. She says, I am here to prepare my children for the return of my son. Now, we all know of uh, St. Faustina. And St. Faustina, um, uh, Jesus said to St. Faustina, the final devotion that I give to my church is divine mercy before I return. That's that's why John Paul II went all over the world. He went all over the world. Why? To prepare the world for Jesus' return. As a matter of fact, I was at the canonization of St. Honorable de Francie. I was about 30 feet away from John Paul II. And he said, we are now, this is what he said, we are now going to enter a new and divine way of holiness. So what does John Paul II tell us? What did he tell us to do? He says get ready for the third millennium. Get ready for the glory of the church in the new springtime of mankind. And so right now everybody is worried and fearful and anxious and complaining and negative. Jesus says, no, I'm in charge. I'm your Lord. I'm your savior. I'm your master. I'm your king. I'm your God. There is nothing to fear. So what he's asking of us is to enter into this abundant life. What is the abundant life? May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The abundant life is peace, joy, and happiness. Why? Because Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I have confidence in you. And that's what God is waiting for. He's really waiting for us to turn back to him. Great things are coming. Magnificent things are coming. What Jesus tells Louisa and he He gave her, Louisa didn't want to write a thing. Louisa was very, very humble, very, 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 very little. And when her spiritual director told her, you must put down on paper everything that Jesus tells you because he says, when you speak this is what this is what he said to louisa when you speak what happens is uh this uh, it's like drops of light come from you and and fill people's soul with with joy and happiness when when what jesus tells louisa is something that as you read it you're you're happy you know in in the divine will when we pray in the divine will Jesus gave Louisa a command prayer. And this is something that you'll discover. The command prayer is powerful. Okay, what is the command prayer? When when Peter was in the boat and the boat was tossing in the waves and Jesus is like 40 feet out there and walking on the water, Peter says, if you are the Messiah, command me to come to you. Take my prayer and make it your command." And Jesus said, come, he gets out of the boat. He walks about 20 feet and then he starts sinking because he became afraid. Humans don't walk on water. So he became afraid and he calls out to Jesus. Jesus, help me, save me. What does Jesus do? He grabs him and he doesn't say, Pete, you just walked 20 feet on the water. You're doing good. He said, why did you fail? Why did you falter? Where is your faith? Why does Jesus say that? Because he knows that what is coming is so powerful that even walking on the water will be a piece of cake. That's, Jesus knows what's coming. Why would he say to Peter, what a human can't do, walk on the water? Because what is coming is so magnificent that walking on the water will be nothing. Now, when you think about it, Adam, I mean, going back to Adam, Adam would talk to the plants, talk to the earth, talk to the clouds, and everything had to obey Adam. Why? Adam was the king of the earth. That's, that's where we have royalty. We are called to be clothed in divinity when the priest at holy mass puts the drop of water into the chalice he says may we share in the divinity of christ as christ humbled himself to share in our humanity what does that mean this is what peter says when you read the epistle of saint peter we are called to be divinized we're not called to be god but we're called to share in divinity This is why scripture says, what is coming, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. What's coming is so magnificent, we don't have human words for it. So this is what Jesus teaches Louisa. He says, I'm going to show you how and why the kingdom of God is going to come on earth as it is in heaven. And think about this. Out of all the people in the history of the church, he has predestined us to live at this time. He's predestined us to live at this time. Why? So we can have terrible things happen to us? No. He's got great things planned for us. Our job is to get closer to God. Our job is to recognize who he is as our Lord, our Savior, our Master, our King, our everything. When when we pray, when you receive Holy Communion, At that moment, you are, you, you, if you're, if you're in the state of grace, you, at that moment, anything that you pray for, God listens to. He listens and he waits for your prayer. You are in communion with God. Now, he tells Louisa why he gave communion to the Holy Church. He, he gave us Holy Communion because what is coming is a perennial communion with God. As Adam walked and talked with God in the cool of the evening, that's what's coming back. See, Jesus Jesus and Mary, when they came to earth, the new Adam and the new Eve, redeemed us. Our Lady co-redeemed with Christ. And now, Jesus says, now is the time for sanctification. Now, he says, I'm going to bring about uh, this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which... Uh, which is very interesting because when you look at Pentecost Sunday, that's going to look like a drop in the bucket compared to what's coming. Everyone will be Catholic. Everyone will possess the universal life. There's, there's not many religions. God breathed into Adam the image and likeness of God. God breathed into this dust the image and likeness of God. Why? So that Adam could be in God, one with God. That's what's coming back. So what we're going to do tonight, and is we're just going to just read a little bit, but we're going to read why this is going to happen. Why the kingdom of God is going to come on earth as it is in heaven. And it's because of what Jesus went through. What Jesus went through, his crucifixion was, was horrible. And if we do not meditate on Christ crucified, if we do not meditate on Jesus crucified, he says, you won't even begin to understand the love that he has for you in the Holy Eucharist. John Paul II said in in the eighties, he said, I want every parish to have Eucharistic adoration, perpetual Eucharistic adoration. Where do we find a, a parish with perpetual adoration? Can you imagine if we had listened to the Holy Father and every parish had had Jesus exposed in the Blessed Sacrament where you could come in and fall in love with our Eucharistic Lord? Can you imagine what the condition of the world would be in right now? It would be be amazing. Your families would be together. There wouldn't be war. There wouldn't be misery. Why? Why? Our Eucharistic Lord, he says, I will, this is what he says, I will be a prisoner, I will be a prisoner of love for you in the Eucharist. Every Catholic church has Jesus there. When that light is burning, that means Jesus Jesus is present. But the churches are empty. God's got great plans, great plans. And he has predestined us to live at this time to see what he is going to do. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to be magnificent. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to just read a little bit from the, from the passion of Christ. And um, we're going to get uh, a glimpse of what uh, Jesus went through. Okay, just a glimpse. Okay, I'm almost there. <laughs> Okay, here it is. Okay, so at this point, Jesus is in the um, Jesus is in prison. and if it have been to Israel, the, at Caiaphas's house, uh, there's a there's a hole in the floor in Caiaphas's house, and that's where they lowered Jesus into this pit. and they left after they re, you know slapped him up and bruised him and, and mocked him and ridiculed him. They left him in the pit. And this is now five o'clock in the morning. And uh, this Jesus took Louisa and brought her there to uh, uh, Jerusalem uh, 2,000 years earlier. Because again, there's no time or space. We're all going to understand this, you know, fairly soon. Uh, this, we are to live in a, in a time that has no time. We're to live in, a, in an area, in a, in, a, in a space that has no space. I know that might sound funny or strange, but we don't belong here. Okay, let's go back to Our Lady of Revelation. Our Lady of Revelation said to Bruno, my children are going to uh, be in eternity where they belong. That's, that's the garden. In the garden, that's that's the Garden of Eden, that's paradise. All the animals in paradise are still alive. Everything is living in paradise. It's still there. We're the only ones not there. All the animals that Adam saw are still living. Why? There's no time or space in eternity. So she says uh, that what's going to happen is we're going to go back to this time of, of eternity where we belong and she says, and the devil and his children will be trapped in time and space for all eternity, with worry, fear, anxiety, complaints, negativity, and sin. They 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 can't they won't be able to leave. We, on the other hand, our home is is the city of God. Our home is the New Jerusalem. Our home is the garden. So here's Jesus as a prisoner, and and this is five o'clock in the morning, and Luisa's there with Jesus. She says, my prisoner, Jesus, I have awakened to do, and I do not find you, but my heart beats very strongly and it fidgets with love. Tell me, tell me, where are you, Lord? My angels bring me to the house of Caiaphas. Then I go around and around, I search everywhere, but I do not find you. You, my love, hurry with your hands, move the chains with which you keep my heart bound to yours and draw me close to you that I may take flight and come to throw myself into your arms. And you, Jesus, my love, wounded by my voice and wanting my company, now draw near me, toward you, and I see that they have put you in prison. My heart exalts with joy in finding you, but I feel it wounded with sorrow in seeing the state to which they have reduced you. I see you with your hands tied behind you to a column and with your feet bound and gripped. I see your most holy face bruised and swollen and bleeding from the horrible slaps that you received. Your most pure eyes are blackened. Your pupils are tired and sad from the vigil. Your hair is all disarranged. Your most holy person is all beaten up. You cannot even help yourself and clean yourself because you are bound. Oh, my Jesus, with a sob of crying, clinging to your feet, I say, Alas, how you have been reduced, O my Jesus. And Jesus looking at me answers, Come, O my child, and be attentive to everything you see me doing in order to do it together with me, that I may continue my life in you. And to my amazement, I now see that instead of occupying yourself with your pains, with an indescribable love, you think about glorifying the Father to compensate him for all that we owe. And you call all souls around you to take all of their evils upon yourself and give to them all goods. And since the day is dawning, I hear your most sweet voice say, Holy Father, I give you thanks for all I have suffered and for all that is left for me to suffer. And just as this dawn calls the day, the day that makes the sun rise, So may the dawn of grace arise in all hearts. And as daylight rises, may I, divine son, rise in all the hearts and reign over all. Do you see these souls, O Father? I want to answer you for all of them, for their thoughts, their words, their works and steps. And at the cost of blood and my death, My Jesus, love without no boundaries, I unite myself to you, and I too thank you for all that you have made me suffer and for all that is left for me to suffer. And I pray you to make the dawn of grace arise within all hearts so that you, divine Son, may rise again in all hearts and reign over them all. But I also see, my sweet Jesus, that you repair for all the very first thoughts, affections, and words at which at the rising of the day are not offered to you to honor you, and, they, and that they call you, they, you call to yourself as though in custody the thoughts, the affections, and the words of the creatures in order to repair for them and to give to the Father the glory they owe him. O oh, my Jesus, divine master, since we have one hour free in this prison, and we are all alone. Not only do I want to do what you are doing, but I want to clean you. I want to fix your hair. I want to fuse myself completely in you. So I draw near your most sacred head. And in rearranging your hair, I want to repair for so many minds distraught and full of earth, which have not one thought for you. fusing myself in your mind, I want to reunite all the thoughts of all creatures within you and fuse them all to your thoughts in order to find sufficient reparation for all evil thoughts so and for so many suffocated enlightenments and inspirations i would like to make all thoughts one with yours to give you true reparation and perfect glory my afflicted jesus i kiss your eyes sad and filled with tears Having your hands bound to the column, you cannot dry them or remove the spit which they have smeared on you. And since the position in which they bound you is excruciating, you cannot close your tired eyes to rest. My love, how gladly I would offer you my arms as bed to give you rest. And I want to dry your eyes and to ask for your forgiveness and repair for all the times we have not had the aim of pleasing you and if looking at you to see what you wanted from us, what we were supposed to do, and where you wanted us to go, I want to fuse my eyes in yours, and also to those of all creatures, to be able to repair with your own eyes for all the evil we have done with our sight. My compassionate Jesus, I kiss your most holy ears, tired from the insults of the whole night, of much more, much more for from the echo of all the offenses of the creatures which resound in your hearing. And I ask your forgiveness and I repair for all the times you have called us and we have been deaf or we have pretended not to hear you and you, my weary good, having repeated your calls but in vain. I want to fuse my hearing in yours and also that of all creatures to make you a continuous and complete reparation. Enamored Jesus, I adore and kiss your most holy face, all bruised by the slapping. I ask forgiveness and I repair for all the times you have called us to offer reparation. And we, uniting to your enemies, have given you slaps and spit. My Jesus, I want to fuse my face in yours to restore your natural beauty, giving you full reparation for all the contempt given to your adorable majesty. My embittered good, I kiss your most sweet mouth, hurt by the blows and parched by love. I want to fuse my tongue in yours and also the tongues of all creatures in order to repair with you your own tongue for all the sins and evil discourses. I want my thirsty Jesus to unite all voices into one with yours so that when we are about to offend you as your voice flows in those and all creatures, It may suffocate the voices of sin and turn them into voices of praise and of love. Chain, Jesus, I kiss your neck, oppressed by the heavy chains and by the ropes, which going from your chest to the back of your shoulders and passing through your arms keeps you bound very tightly to the column. Your hands already swollen and blackened from the tightness of the knots, and they spurt blood from several points. Oh, please, allow me to release you, my bound Jesus. And if you you love to be bound, allow me to be bound with you with the chains of love, which being sweet instead of making you suffer will soothe you. And as as I release you, I want to fuse myself in your neck, in your chest, in your shoulders, in your hands, in your feet, to be able to repair together with you for all the attachments, And therefore give to all the chains of your love to be able to repair with you for all the coldness and so fill the breasts of all creatures with your fire. And I see that you have so much of it that you are unable to contain it and to be able to repair with you for all illicit pleasure and for love of comfort to give everyone the spirit of sacrifice and love of suffering." And I want to fuse myself in your hands to repair for all the evil works, for the good done badly, for the presumptuousness, and to give all the fragrance of your works. I want to fuse myself in your feet to block all the steps of creatures and so repair for them and give your steps to everyone to make them walk in a saintly way. Finally, my sweet Jesus, my sweet life, I fuse myself in your heart, Allow me to enclose all the affections, all the heartbeats, all the desires, to repair them together with you and to give everyone your affections, your heartbeats and desires so that no one may ever offend you again. But I hear the noise of the creaking of the key. Your enemies are now coming to take you out of prison. And I tremble. Jesus, I feel my blood running cold. You will again be in the hands of your enemies. What will happen to you? I seem to hear the creaking of the keys of the tabernacles. How many desecrating hands come to open them, maybe to make you descend into sacrilegious hearts? Into how many unworthy hands are you forced to find yourself? My prisoner Jesus, I want to be in all your prisons of love, uh, to be a spectator when your ministers release you, and to keep you company and repair for the offenses that you may receive. I see that your enemies are near, and while you greet the rising sun on the last of your days, and they untie you, and seeing that you are all majesty, and that you look at them with so much love, in return they unload onto your face, slaps so violent as to make it turn red with your most precious blood. Jesus, my love, before leaving the prison, in my sorrow, I ask you to bless me, in order to receive the strength to follow you along the rest of your passion. My sorrowful Jesus, you are now out of prison, and so you are exhausted and you stagger at each step. I want to place myself at your side in order to sustain you. And when I see you are about to fall, but I see that the soldiers take you before Caiaphas, and you, oh my Jesus, reappear in their midst like a sun. And even though disfigured, you spread light everywhere. And now I see Caiaphas is overjoyed in seeing you reduce so badly at the reflections of your light he brings he becomes more blinded and in his fury he asks you again so you are really the true son of god and you my love with supreme majesty and with grace of your word and with your usual sweet and moving tone such as to enrapture the hearts answered Yes, I am the true Son of God. And your enemies, though feeling all the power of your word within themselves, suffocating everything, wanting to know nothing else, in one voice they cry out, He is guilty to death. He is guilty to death. Caiaphas confirms the sentence to death and sends you to Pilate. And you might condemn Jesus, Accept this sentence with so much love and resignation, as to almost snatch it from the iniquitous pontiff. And you repair for all the sins committed deliberately and with all malice for those who, instead of afflicting themselves because of evil, rejoice and exult over sin itself. And this leads them to blindness and to suffocating any enlightenment and peace and grace. My life, Jesus, your reparations and prayers echo in my heart, and I repair and pray together with you. My sweet love, I see that you have lost any bit of esteem for you. They have lost any bit of esteem for you. Seeing you sentenced to death, the soldiers grab you and add ropes and chains and bind you so tightly as to almost prevent any movement of your divine person. In pushing you and dragging you, they put you out of the palace of Caiaphas. Crowds of people await you, but no one to defend you. And you, my divine son, come out into their midst wanting to envelop everyone with your light. And as you move the first steps, wanting to enclose all the steps of creatures within yours, you pray and repair for those who move the first steps to operate with evil purposes, some to take revenge, some to steal, some to betray, some to kill, and more. Oh, how these sins wound your heart, and in order to prevent so much evil, you pray, you repair, and you offer all of yourself. But as I follow you, I see that the moment of descending from the palace of Caiaphas, you, my son, Jesus, meet beautiful Mary, our sweet mother, and you, your gazes meet and wound each other. And even though you feel relieved in seeing each other, yet new sorrow arises for you in seeing the beautiful mama pierced, pale, and wrapped in mourning. And for dear mama, in seeing you, the divine son, eclipsed and covered with so much obribium, crying and wrapped in blood, but you cannot enjoy the exchange of your gazes for too long. And with the sorrow of being unable to say even one word to each other, Your hearts say everything, one fused within the other. You stop looking at each other because the soldiers are pushing you. So trampled upon and dragged you arrive at Pilate. My Jesus, I unite myself to your pierced mother in following you, to fuse in you, to fuse you together with her, and you give me your gaze of love and bless me. My bound good, Jesus, your enemies together with the priests present you to Pilate in faking sanctity and scrupulousness because they have to celebrate the Passover. They remain outside the lobby, and you, my love, seeing the depth of their malice, repair for all the hypocrisies of, of the religious body. I, too, repair together with you. But while you occupy yourself with their good, they begin to accuse you before Pilate, vomiting all the poison they have against you. Showing himself unsatisfied with the accusations they make against you, Pilate calls you aside to be able to condemn you with reason. And alone, he examines you and he asks you, Are you the king of the Jews? And you, Jesus, my true king, answers, My kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, thousands of legions of angels would defend me. And Pilate, moved by the sweetness and dignity of your words, surprised he says to you, so you are a king, and you, you say it, I am, and I have come into the world to teach the truth. And Pilate, without wanting to know anything else, convinced of your innocence, goes to the lobby and says, I find no guilt in this man. Enraged, the Jews accuse you of many other things, and you remain silent. You do not defend yourself. You prepare for the weakness of the judges, when they are faced by the arrogant, you repair for their injustices. You pray for the innocent, the oppressed, and the abandoned. Then, seeing the fury of your enemies, Pilate sends you to Herod to get rid of you. My king, my divine king, I want to repeat your prayers and reparations as I accompany you to Herod. I see that your enemies, enraged, would want to devour you. And they lead you among many insults and mockeries and divisions, derisions. And so they make you arrive before Herod, who, swelling up, asks you many questions, but you do not answer him. You do not even look at him. And Herod, irritated because he does not see his curiosity satisfied, feeling humiliated by your long silence, declares to everyone that you are crazy and mindless in the orders that you be treated as such. And to mock you, he has you clothed with a white garment, and he delivers you into the hands of the soldiers, that they may do with you the worst they can. My innocent Jesus, no one finds guilt in you. Only the Jews, because their fake religiosity does not deserve that the light of truth may shine in their minds. My Jesus, infinite wisdom, how much it costs you being declared insane." abusing you. The soldiers cast you to the ground, trample you, smear you with spit, despise you and beat you with rods. The blows are so many that you feel you are dying. The pains and, and, and sufferings, the humiliations they inflict on you are so great and so many that the angels weep and the angels cover their faces with their wings in order not to see them. My crazy Jesus, I too want to call you crazy, but crazy with love. And your folly of love is such that instead of becoming upset, you pray and repair for the ambitions of the kings and of the leaders who, inspired, who aspire to kingdoms for the ruin of the peoples, for the many slaughters that, that, cause, that they cause and the so much blood they cause to be shed for their whims, for the sins committed in the courts and in the palaces and in the militia. My Jesus, how tender it is to see you pray and repair in the minds of so many outrages. Your voice resounds in my heart, and I follow whatever you do. And now let me place myself at your side to share your pains and console you with my love. And driving the enemies far away from you, I take you into my arms to refresh you and to kiss your forehead. My sweet love, I see that they give you no peace. Herod sends you to Pilate. And if coming was painful going back will be more tragic because i see that the jews are more furious than before and they are determined to make you die at any cost therefore before you leave the palace of herod i want to kiss you and to prove my love to you in the midst of so many pains and you strengthen me with your kiss and your blessing that i may follow you before pilate My tormented Jesus, my poor heart follows you in the midst of the anxieties and pains and in seeing you clothed as a madman, knowing who you are, you are infinite wisdom who gives reason to all. I become delirious and I say, how can it be Jesus insane? Jesus, a criminal. And if this was not enough, you will now be placed after Barabbas. My Jesus sanctity that has no equal, you are always you are ready before Pilate once again, and he's seeing you reduced so badly, clothed as a madman, and not even Herod has condemned you, becomes more indignant against the Jews, and even more convinced of your innocence that he should not condemn you. But wanting also to give some satisfaction to the Jews almost to dampen their hatred, their fury, their rage and their ardent thirst for your blood, he proposes you with Barabbas for the choice, for their choice. But the Jews cry out, we do not want Jesus free, but Barabbas, Pilate, knowing what to, not knowing what to do to calm them, condemns you to the scourging. My Jesus, place last. My heart breaks in seeing that while the Jews occupy themselves with you to make you die, you instead recollect within yourself thinking about giving life to everyone, And as I prick up my ears, I hear you say, Holy Father, look at your son, clothed as a madman. May this repair before you for the madness of many creatures falling into sin. May this white garment be like the defense before you for many souls who clothe themselves with the dismal garment of sin. Do you see, O Father, their hatred, their fury, their rage against me? It which almost makes them lose the light of reason for thirst for my blood. And I want to repair for all the hatreds, all the revenges, all the anger, the murders, the impetra- and, and infiltrate the light of reason for all. Look at me again, my father. Can there be any greater insult? They have placed me after the greatest criminal. And I want to repair for all the misplacements that they do. Ah, the whole world is full of misplacements. Some place us after a vile interest, some after honor, some after vanities; some after pleasures, some after their own attachments, some after dignitaries, some after gluttonies, and even after sin. All creatures unanimously, unanimously place us after even a tiny little trifle. And I am ready to accept in being placed after Barabbas, in order to repair for the misplacements of the creatures made with us, triune God. My Jesus, I feel I am dying with sorrow and confusion in seeing your great love in the midst of so many pains, and the heroism of your virtues, in the midst of so many pains of insults. Your words and reparations resound in my poor heart. Like many wounds and in torment, I repeat your prayers and your reparations. Not even for one instant do I want to detach myself from you, Otherwise, many of these things, you do not, you would not escape me, would not escape me. And now what do I see? I see the soldiers take you to the pillar in order to scourge you. My love, I follow you. And you look at me with your loving gaze and give me the strength to be present at your painful massacre. My most pure Jesus, you now near the pillar. Enraged, the soldiers tie, untie you in order to bind you to the pillar. But this is not enough they strip you of your garments to make a cruel massacre of your most holy body my love my life i feel saint for the sorrow of seeing you naked you tremble from head to foot and your most holy face blush with virginal modesty your confusion your exhaustion are such that unable to keep standing you are about to fall at the foot of the pillar but the soldiers sustain you not help you but to bind you that and they do not let you fall now they take the ropes and bind your arms so tightly that they swell immediately and blood spurts from the ends of your fingers. And from the rising, from the ring of the pillar, they make the ropes and chains pass around your most holy person down to your feet to be able to freely hurl themselves at you. They bind you to the pillar so tightly that you cannot make one movement. My strip, Jesus, allow me to pour myself out. Otherwise, I cannot go on seeing you suffer so much how can this be you who clothed all created things the sun with light the heavens with stars the planets with leaves the plants with leaves the birds with feathers you you're stripped what daring but my loving jesus through the light he sends forth from his eyes he tells me be silent O child it was necessary that i be stripped in order to repair for many who strip themselves of every modesty of purity and of innocence who stripped themselves of every good and virtue, and of my grace, clothing themselves with every brutality, and living like brutes. My virginal blush, I in my virginal blush, I wanted to repair for so many dishonesties, dishonesties and luxuries and brutal pleasures. Therefore, be attentive to everything I do. Pray and repair with me, and calm yourself. Scourge, Jesus, your love moves from one excess to another. I see that the executioner takes ropes and beats you without pity to the point of bruising all your most holy body. And in their fierceness and in their fury and beating you in such that they already are tired. But two more take their place. They take a thorny rods and they beat you so much that soon rivers of blood began to pour down your most holy body. And then they lash it all over, forming furrows on your body, filling it with wounds. But this is not all. Two more then take their turn. And with hooks on iron chains, they continue the excruciating massacre. At the first blows, that flesh, beaten and wounded, is ripped open even more and falls to the ground, torn into pieces. The bones are uncovered. The blood pours down so much as to form pools of blood around the pillar. My Jesus, my stripped love, while you are under the the storm of blows, I cling to your feet to take part in your pains to be covered completely by your most precious blood. But each blow you receive is a wound to my heart, more so since in pricking up my ears I hear your moans, but they are not heard because of the storm of the blows deafening the air all around. And in those moans you say, all who love me, come and learn the heroism of true love. Come to dampen in my blood the thirst of your passions, the thirst for so many ambitions, for so many intoxications and pleasures, for so much sensuality. In this blood of mine, you will find the remedy for all of your evils. Your moans continue to say, look at me, O father, all wounded under the storm of blows. But this is not enough. I want to form so many wounds in my body as to give enough room for all souls within heaven, the heaven of my holy humanity, in such a way as to form for thou salvation within myself and then to let them pass into heaven of the divinity. My Father, may each blow of these scourges repair before you for each kind of sin, one by one. And as they strike me, let them justify those who commit them. May these blows strike the hearts of the creatures and speak to them about my love to the pointing of forcing them to surrender to me. And as you say this, your love is so great, though great is the pain, that you almost incite the executioners to beat you more. My Jesus, stripped of your own flesh, your love crushes me. I feel I am going mad. Your love is not tired. While the executioners are exhausted, and cannot continue your painful massacre they now cut the ropes and you almost dead fall into the your own blood and in seeing the shreds of your flesh you feel like dying of grief because in those detached pieces of your flesh you see the reprobate souls and your sorrow is such that you gasp in your own blood my jesus allow me to take you in my arms in order to, in order to refresh you a little with my love. I kiss you with my kiss. I enclose all souls in you so that no one will be lost, and you bless me. My Jesus, infinite love, more, the more I look at you, the more I understand how much you suffer. You are already completely lacerated. There is not one point left whole in you. The executioners are enraged in seeing that in so many pains you look at them with so much love and your love gaze forms a sweet enchantment and like all like many voices they pray and supplicate for more pains and new pains though inhuman they force and yet yeah, forced by your love they make you stand to you on your feet unable to stand yourself You fall again into your own blood and irritated with kicks and shoves, they make you reach the place where they will crown you with thorns. My love, if you you do not sustain me with your gaze of love, I cannot go on seeing you suffer. I feel a shiver in my bones and my heart throbs. I feel I am dying. Jesus, Jesus, help me. And my lovable Jesus says to me, my child, courage, do not miss anything of what I have suffered. Be attentive to my teachings. I have to redo man in everything. Sin has removed the crown from him and has crowned him with with sufferings and confusion so he cannot stand before my majesty. Sin has dishonored him, making him lose any rights to honor and to glory." This is why I want to be crowned with thorns, to place the crown on man's forehead, to return him all the rights and honors and glory. Before my Father, my thrones will be reparations and voices of defenses for many thins of thought, especially pride. For each created mind, they will be voices of light and supplication that they may not offend me. Therefore, unite yourself to me and pray and repair together with me Crown Jesus, your cruel enemies make you sit, and they place a rag of purple on you, and they take the crown of thorns, and with infernal fury, they put it on your adorable head. And then with blows of a rod, they make the thorns penetrate into your forehead, and some of them into your eyes, into your ears, into your skull, and even behind your neck. My love, what torment and unspeakable pains, how many cruel deaths you suffer. Your blood now pours down upon your face in such a way that one can see nothing but blood. But under those thorns, that blood, your most holy face, appears radiant with sweetness and peace and with love. And the executioners, wanting to complete the tragedy, blindfold you and place a reed in your your hand as a scepter and then begin their mockeries. They hail you, King of the Jews, and they beat you on the crown, and they slap you, and they say, guess who who hit you? And you remain silent. You answer by repairing for the ambition of those who aspire to kingdoms, to dignitaries, to dignities, and to honors, and for those who, finding themselves in the position of authority, behave incorrectly, causing the ruin of the peoples and of their souls, which had been entrusted to them and their evil example pushes others toward evil and the cause of lost souls. With this reed you hold in your hand, you repair for so many works, good but empty, of interior spirit, then also done with evil intentions, the insults, the blindfold, you repair for all those ridiculed, ridicule the holy things, desecrating them and profaning them. You also repair for those who blindfold at the sight of intelligence in order not to see the light of truth. With this blindfold, you impetrate the blindness, blindfolds of the passions, of riches, of pleasures, that they may be removed from us. My King Jesus, your enemies continue with their insults. The blood that flows from your most holy head is so much that reaching your mouth prevents you from letting me hear clearly your most sweet voice. And so I cannot do what you do. Therefore, I come into your arms. I want, you, I want to sustain your pierced and suffering head. I want to place my head under those thorns in order to feel their pricks. But as I say this, my Jesus calls me with his loving gaze and quickly embraces. I embrace his heart and I try to sustain his head. Oh, how beautiful it is to be with Jesus, even in the midst of a thousand torments. And he says to me, my child, these thorns say that I want to be constituted king of each and every heart. To me belongs every dominion. These thorns that prick your heart, let everything that it does not belong to me come out and then leave one thorn inside your heart as a seal that I am your king and to prevent you any other thing from ever entering into you. Then go through every heart and pricking them with all the fumes of pride and rottenness which they contain, that they may come out and constitute me king of all. My love, my heart breaks in leaving you. Therefore, I pray you to deafen my ears with your thorns, that I may hear only your voice. Cover my eyes with your thorns, that I may look only at you alone. Fill my mouth with your thorns, that my tongue be mute to everything that may offend you. To be free to praise you and to bless you in everything. Oh my Jesus, surround me with thorns that they may hold me in custody. Defend me, to keep me all intent on you. And now I want to try I want to dry your blood and to kiss you because I see that your enemies take you to Pilate, who will condemn you to death. My love, help me to follow your sorrowful way and bless me. So we'll end there. It's. It gets better. You you really begin to understand why God wants you in heaven. When when you see Christ crucified, you begin to understand. Um, he has paid the price. So let me give you a blessing with the relic of the True Cross. May the blood that flowed upon the wood of this cross free us from our human will, that we live in God's holy, divine will always. We ask this in Jesus' name, under the mantle of Mary, through the intercession of Louisa, and we pray that this prayer becomes God's command. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Thank you, Father uh, Thomas. Uh, The reading of the uh, 24 hours of the Passion have a particular meaning, because Jesus told Louisa that every time the hours are read, by every word that is read, a soul is being released uh, or given to to God. So that's how powerful the meditation is uh, on the 24 hours of our Lord. Uh, it's almost like reading <laughs> The Passion, uh, the movie that was created by, by Mel Gibson. Um, it is good to go behind the scenes in order to, profound, to make profound and deepen our understanding of what had been, become common to us, the crucified Christ, you know, that we see in churches, worn over nexus necklaces, but what do they really mean? I hope in this conversation with Louisa and Jesus, we enter you know, uh, what God had gone through in order to express His love for us and to save us. Uh, so thank you for being here. Um, those books uh, that our fathers also brought are available uh, to you uh, this evening tomorrow, and Tuesday. Thank you, and God bless you.